The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. Hey, what's happening? People are already jumping in the show. Appreciate it. It's Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you want to join the show. Don't forget, you can go out to the website, joinatradio.com. Download the app. That way, if you're tooling around the city, you can um, carry us everywhere you go. If you miss any part of the show, you can download the podcast. Just go out to your favorite podcast platform and search for Black Focus Radio. Sounds like I got a frog in my throat here. I'm going to have to get me some water. Hang on a second. I always carry my trusty, dusty water bottle around with me. You know, just in case. All right, y'all take it easy. That doesn't mean that water's in it, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> Actually, it is water. When you talk as much as I do, and I'm fortunate I haven't had laryngitis in a while. But okay, that's good. All right, so um, I was telling you about the podcast. Download that thing. And also, you can catch us live today on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, okay? We typically, excuse me, we typically stream the uh, the weekly sports magazine on um, Twitter, okay? So we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. I'll tell you about the tease. I've got some audio for you. I've got some Ivan Van Sertima for you. Uh, that'll be our black fact for today. That'll take up the first 15 minutes of the show. Then I've got a great audio uh, from an ACLU attorney, I mean attorney, attorney who uh, tears down the Confederate monuments in such a strategic way. It's unbelievable. And I've been looking for his name, but I can't find it. So hopefully I'll find it before we finish. But it is posted on my wall, so if you want to go out and check it out, when you hear it, you're going to love it. There was also another protest song that was released the other day. I can't play all of it, but I'm going to tell you, folks, I'm going to play some of that, too. Uh, it's, it's awesome. And I've often wondered. I, I See, I remember growing up in the 70s, you know, early, you know, late 60s. And there was always a protest song or two or three or ten that led the people, that the people led, that needed. You know, what happened to those artists 
who, you know, y'all sold out to calling women bitches and hoes and brothers niggas as opposed to understanding that there was a message in their music. That's part of the reason Earth, Wind, and Fire is so popular today. There was a message in their mu- music. The Osley Brothers, the Ohio Players. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, McFadden and Whitehead. I mean, the OJs. The, 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 I mean, go back and check out the album by the OJs, Ship Ahoy. You know what I'm saying? So there is a protest song that came out that someone posted. And I'll tell you, Chauncey Perry, uh, a guy I grew up across the street from, he and his brother Chris, he posted that song, and I played it yesterday. And, man, I wish I could play the whole song, but there's so much profanity in it. But the profanity is not what you think it is. So I might try to play a little bit of it. We'll, we'll try, okay? We'll try. Also, we're going to talk more on Bounty Gate. The explanation from Plotus doesn't add up. It just stinks to high heaven. If you don't know what Bounty Gate is, I'm coining it. I'm coining that name, Bounty Gate. Okay? The real question that we all need to understand here and what everybody ought to be asking, did the president know that the Russians had put a bounty on U.S. soldiers' heads? And if he didn't know, why didn't he know? Think about that. We're going to talk about that a lot today. Okay? Now, here's the irony behind it. He ignores bounties on the heads of U.S. soldiers, but he's quick to put up protections for statues for Confederate traitors. That shows you where he is today. Okay? So we'll get into that. Also, did we just see a repeat of Bloody Sunday in Aurora, Colorado? Have you seen the video of the police attacking that peaceful group of protesters who were in the park playing the violin because of the murder of another black man, the horrific murder? Did y'all see that video? Man, what the hell's wrong with police, man? There, there's something wrong. We, we'll, we'll talk about that too. And also, I was going to talk about this yesterday, and I ran out of time, but I want to make sure I get this in. Van Jones is dangerous to the black community. Let me say that again, and I'll explain later on in the show. But that cool, calm, collected guy that's on CNN that you think is so down-to-earth, so middle-of-the-road, Van Jones is a snake. Don't let him fool you. We're going to talk about that today as well. But before we do that, we got to do black facts. And this is a black fact that I promised to do starting yesterday. And there was a lot of stuff happening from the weekend, so we skipped past that. But I want to play a few minutes of Dr. Ivan Van Sertima. You've heard me talk about him and the book They Came Before Columbus. And we're going to play this for the next three days as Black Facts. And you can go out and get the full video on YouTube. Just type in Ivan Van Sertima. It's spelled, obviously, Ivan, I-V-A-N, Van, V-A-N, Sertima, 
S-E-R-T-I-M-A. This is one of the books on my book list. Just check this brother out. I'm telling you, folks, he's the real deal Holyfield. And the whole point in this is that we've got to start teaching our own history because we know now part of the problem of racism in America is that many whites don't even know black history, don't realize some of the things that they live by every day that was created by a black man. Things like the you're barbecuing ribs this weekend for the 4th? Guess what? Black man created the refrigeration for that. Hello? You, you, you may be traveling and you drive by a, a, a 18-wheeler. That 18-wheeler hits its brakes. Those air brakes, black man created that. Those air brakes keeps that 18-wheeler from smashing into your car, white people. When you get into that town and you got that red, yellow, and green stoplight, black man created that. So you won't be running into everybody or someone won't run into you. Maybe your son is in the military and he has to deal with chemical warfare. That gas mask that he wears that keeps him from, keeps him from dying, that was created by a black man. We need to start teaching our own history. Dynamic black facts. Our culture, our history, our people. This is Dr. Ivan Van Sertima. You're going to like this. Based on my book, They Came Before Columbus, African Presence in Ancient America. of research has been done, one has become aware of far more things that have emerged from excavations that help to confirm with almost an absoluteness what we have advanced in the past, that there were Africans in America before Columbus. not as slaves, but as masters. I am not the first to suggest there were Africans in America before Columbus, nor is anyone in the modern period. Columbus is the first man to suggest it. In his diaries, and there is a marvelous book, a huge book, a trilogy in fact, published in 1904 by John Boyd Thatcher, three volumes, it covers more than 1,200 pages, which deals with all the diaries and voyages and journals of Columbus, in which he points out that on his second voyage, Native Americans of Haiti, which was then known as Española, came to him and told him that black people had come in large boats from the south and the southeast, trading with the Americans in gold-tipped metal spheres. Columbus did not believe this, perhaps, but he did a very cautious thing, which is very important to us, in that he sent samples of these metal spears back to Spain. 
and they were assayed, they were examined by the Spanish metallurgists, and they ruled that these spears had the same ratio of gold, silver, and copper alloys as spears then being forged in African Guinea. Furthermore, the Portuguese told Columbus when he returned from his first voyage, the Portuguese told Columbus that they were aware of Africans leaving from the Cape Verde Islands and going far to the west with merchandise in large boats. There are two things to bear in mind here. First of all, the Portuguese was awake, were aware of African navigation because the Portuguese had been in Africa since around 1450. They, in fact, had clashed with the Gambian Navy. The Portuguese also were aware of a landmass to the south as a result of African movements, which will come up later in my talk. And furthermore, Columbus had married a Portuguese woman. He had been to Africa in 1484 at the Portuguese port at San Jorge de Minac. His brother Bartholomew had married a Portuguese. They were both aware of the Portuguese court, and in fact, they had been trying to get the Portuguese to finance their journey across the Western Ocean before he went to the Spanish courts. Not only do we have, therefore, the documents of the Portuguese and that of Columbus himself, and oral tradition of the Native Americans, and the fact that the Spanish metallurgists had ruled on this and shown that it was African. But furthermore, they have found a cotton in the Cape Verde Islands, a cotton, Gossipium hirsutum var punctatum, which they thought was African because it was just off Africa and it had been taken by the Portuguese as they settled in the Cape Verde and planted before Columbus in the Cape Verde Islands. When it was examined, the cytogenics of the cotton showed that it was not African. It was some cotton grown in the Caribbean and South America, which means cotton which had been grown in the Caribbean and South America had got into Africa before Columbus House. Not only that, botanical evidence, but the navigational evidence shows, <coughs> the oceanographic survey of the ocean shows that just off the Cape Verde, there is a current that takes you to South America. There are three major currents off Africa, about 100 miles off the African coast, that take you automatically to America. Once you are caught in those currents, whether you planned it or not, you have to get to America unless the fish get you first. Anything that remains afloat is pushed towards America. Off the Cape Verde Islands, the current takes you in onto the Tip, the northern tip of South America into the Caribbean, into the Gulf of Mexico. If you're off the Senegambia, it takes you to South America, into the Caribbean, into the Gulf of Mexico. If you're off the southern coast of Africa, it takes you towards South America, and you could fall into the currents that take you into the Caribbean, into the Gulf of Mexico. The evidence shows that, and I will leave the Columbus period aside for a moment, Evidence shows that there were Africans in America not only before Columbus, but before Christ. And it has been carbon dated, and we can establish this beyond the shadow of a doubt. The reason why history has to be reconstructed in the Americas and in Africa in the way it is done now is because we cannot use the same historical methods that are used in Europe. Europe has had the enormous advantage of the conquest. 
in that its libraries have remained fairly intact for many centuries. Our libraries have been shattered, and it's not a question of the lack of libraries. In the Americas alone, there were thousands of books. Only three major American books survived, and they're not even in America. They're in Germany, they're in Spain. Three books survived. One of them is the Popol Vuh, the Bible of the Kiche Maya. You have the Titulo Koyoi, which Jairaz Boy mentions. You have other codices. These things are the few things that survive. The destruction of libraries in Egypt, the sack of Alexandria, which destroys, as I pointed out this morning, perhaps half a million documents. The destruction of the Moorish documents in which blacks were involved, not just blacks. You have Arabs of different complexions and races, perhaps, but you have an Arab-African thing in the Moorish domination of Europe. You have Cardinal Ximenez destroying about 84,000 manuscripts in Arabic at a time when many Africans and Arabs and even others wrote in Arabic as the language of science at the time. And Timbuktu was raised to the ground twice. So it's not just the absence of documents, but the destruction of documents. Fortunately, history does not leave its mark only on written documents. History leaves its mark on everything. If you do not find the books, there are scripts. If you do not find, there are skeletons, there are sculptures, there are plants. There are many things that have left their mark, and that is the reason why we reconstruct history by going to all of those strands, into all of those avenues. It is not an ahistorical method, it is the only valid, genuine historical method to reconstruct the fragmented history of Africa and America. In the case of Columbus, for example, why is it we who are so familiar with the voyages of Columbus are not aware of the fact that Columbus never touched the American continent? Why are we not aware of the fact that Columbus remarked on this matter not just once, several times he mentioned on his third voyage that he went along the coast of Africa, that he stopped in the Cape Verde for several days looking for black animals because he found both the Africans and the Native Americans in the Caribbean were sacrificing black animals and he wanted to please them with a black animal as a gift. That he wandered further finding no such black animals, he wandered further into the Senegambia current and was swept. He said he had six ships, three were sent on the normal route and he was swept on the Senegambia current, making it in far less time but on the grievous conditions because the Europeans were totally unaccustomed to the great sun burning down upon them in tropical latitudes. And Columbus reports how the heat was so great on, in the equatorial regions as he took the African route that the caskets burst, the meat roasted and putrefied, and that he feared for the, for the life of his men and himself if rain had not fallen. All these things are recorded in the document. They're just the sides. They're just the side, things dismissed, pushed aside, until we put together the botanical evidence, Gossipium, Hirsutum var punctatum, the metallurgical evidence that the Spanish metallurgists had assayed the metal spheres and showed them to be African, the navigational evidence, because the currents move in that direction and the Portuguese had noted the Africans had the navigational capacity and were actually setting out from the Cape Verde. The documented evidence, both of Columbus himself and of the Portuguese, 
the oral tradition of the Native Americans, all of these things are there. Until we pull them together, they make no sense because they're constantly being thrust aside because they suggest Africans are where they should not be. Let me deal not with that early period because I merely point it as an, out as an example of the method that is used to reconstruct history and that it is a valid and legitimate method and the only method that is available to us now because of the great destruction of documents. It was in 1858 that peasants in the village of Tres Apotes in the Gulf of Mexico discovered enormous stone heads. This stone head weighed 10 tons, just a head, 10 tons. It was made of basalt stone, and it had vividly Africoid features, as, as Dr. Matthew Sterling was later to comment on it, nearly a century later, that it was vividly African, vividly Negroid was his term. It had broad nose, very full lips, it was clearly one of the classical African types. It had a helmet, which had never been seen on any sculpture found that so far in America. Close by it was found a stele, which indicated a date of about 291, November the 4th, 291 BC, 291 years before Christ. They were not sure, however, if that date necessarily related to the head and at that point in time, no archaeology, no serious archaeology had been done in America. However, in 1938, a scientific expedition set out from the Smithsonian Institute, University of California, and the National Geographic, and they found that head again. They not only found that head, but the following year they proceeded to another spot, La Venta, where someone noted they had seen a similar head, and they dug up four heads at Leventa between 1939 and 1940. Four heads were dug up at Leventa, and they, again it was the same thing enormous heads, six to nine feet high, just a head, weighing between 10 to 40 tons in weight, having African type features, and the same type of helmet as Jairaz Boy has pointed out. You could find it at Tanis in the Egyptian Delta with a flap falling along the side of the head. A kind of crest with a flap and incised markings, etc. And the extraordinary thing is that I discovered last year through a friend of mine, he's Wayne Chandler, he's an anthropo um, photojournalist. He discovered in the files of the Smithsonian a photograph that has been suppressed for nearly 50 years, which is shown here for the first time in public in my slides, which shows that the first head that was discovered not only had African features, but Ethiopian braids. It's carved out in the stone. It has never been published, it has never been shown. Listening to Black Focus Radio for more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people on joinetradio.com. Wow. And if you'd like to sponsor dynamic black facts, 
give me a call at 615-554-0568. If you just tuned in, that was Dr. Ivan Van Sertema. We will play, that was the first 14 minutes of that piece. This piece is 46 minutes long. We're going to play 15 minutes of it tomorrow, and then we'll wrap up the last part on Thursday. Now, the reason I wanted to play that to you were a couple of things. Is because when you talk about looting and burning, looting and burning has been going on with the European race for centuries. You heard him talk about the fact that when they went into Africa, when they went into Timbuktu, Alexandria, all of the great uh, places of Africa, when they realized that, hey, we weren't the first, these people are smarter than what we thought they were, they started burning everything. So a record, a written record of African successes was destroyed. But the key, they couldn't destroy the statues. They couldn't, they couldn't destroy those old mech heads that he was just talking about that was found in Mexico that looked like black people that were dated almost 300 years before Christ. He talked about the cotton, the, the botanical evidence, a cotton that was only found in Africa, but somehow or another ended up here in America. He talked about the metallurgy, the metals, the spears that were traded, that were sent back to Portugal to be tested and found that those were legitimate spears from somebody else. I'm just saying, folks, so you all don't know your history. I, I beg you to go out and read this book. If you don't do anything else, go out and listen to the whole Dr. Van Sertima. Listen, there's a whole whole litany of videos on YouTube about Dr. Van Sertima. It will shock you. It will surprise you. But that's where we have to begin when it comes to our history. We can't be what we want to be unless we know what we used to be. You get that, right? How can you tell your kid to be you a king or a queen when in his mind, only thing he's ever been taught about himself or herself is that they black and they poor and we came from slaves. How are you going to pull positive, positive vibes out of that young person and help that young person to be the person that they can be and have confidence in themselves if they have no roots? I say all the time that black people weren't slaves. Black people were people who were stolen and forced into slavery. Hello? Go out and read the book. Trust me. So I'm in a teaching mood today. Y'all excuse me. So I've got a lot of audio in the next hour, we're going to play some more audio, and this guy is going to debunk any his heritage or historical record 
as it relates to white supremacy and these Confederate monuments. And it's curious to note that those monuments did not exist before 1865. And it's also curious to note that they began to pop up at certain periods of time. Something that I wasn't aware of until I saw this video a couple of days ago. So as I tell you all all the time, the more I learn, the more I realize I need to learn more. That's what research, that's what growing is all about. And I learned something from that video. And I promise you next hour at the top of the hour, you will too. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me. If you want to join the show, I'd love to have you. Robert Webb is out today, so it's just me in the captain's chair. You can send me, uh, you can hit me up on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And if nothing else, make sure you share this. I'm, 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 I'm starting a watch party for my own show right now. So, so make sure you share it. Tell somebody about it. Let them know that Dave's on the air dropping knowledge. Okay, so I want to spend most of the rest of this hour, and I went off deep on this yesterday. Uh, let me make sure that uh, there are a couple of other things I want to talk about. But I am going to talk about what happened yesterday as it relates to what I call Bounty Gate. We cannot let this escape. So we're going to talk about that this hour. But I'm going to give you a couple of headlines as well. Uh, Dr. Fauci testified this morning. Um, it ain't looking good for America right now because you all acted a damn fool. Okay? And remember, we sat on this show talking about whether or not people should go back out in the economy. And, of course, there were people who were saying, well, we need you out in the economy. You mean, no. You see what's happening now, right? COVID-19 is still real. It hasn't changed. And, by the way, the Chicago Bears, just to give you, just to give you a, a signpost, you know, it's kind of like, you know, COVID-19 has had all of us, the entire world, and especially America, just driving down that dark street. We're lost. We don't know where we're going. But the Chicago Bears gave us a signpost. And you know what it was? They said that they were going to refund, refund all the season ticket sales for the 2020 season. Now, you may not understand what that means. Because NFL owners are not in the business of giving back ticket refunds. That just, that doesn't happen. But you know what it means, potentially? Is that there will not be an NFL season this year. 
what? I, I told you, I don't think it's going to be a college season. I don't think it's going to be a high school season. And to be totally honest, it shouldn't be. So keep your eye on that, okay? And you might want to go out and check out Dr. Fauci this morning just to see what he has to say. He is the only credible person in the POTUS administration. And those of you who don't know what I'm saying, I'm saying POTUS, P-L-O-U-T, excuse me, P-L-O-T-U-S. It's called the pathological liar of the United States. Dr. Fauci is the only credible person in that administration. So when he's on TV, I like to listen. Also, speaking of the pandemic, Mayor Quentin Lucas, the mayor of Kansas City, Missouri, was called a racist slur after declaring face mask a mandatory. Now again, as I said yesterday, and as I'll continue to say, I don't get why these folks don't want to wear a face mask. It has nothing to do with your civil rights. It has everything to do with trying to put a flatten the curve with this pandemic. So when you're upset when someone makes you wear a mask, something's wrong with you, okay? Something's wrong with you. You should carry one everywhere you go. I carry one. In fact, I have five in my car. But yesterday, Kansas City's mayor, by the way, he's black, said Monday he was called a racial slur and told he should swing from a tree after he announced mandatory face mask in Missouri City. <laughs> Mayor Quentin Lucas on Twitter shared a, screen sh- a screenshot of the text which came after he announced Friday that the mask will be required in Kansas City when six feet of separation isn't feasible. Now, here's what the texter sent to him. You walked with rioters not wearing a mask, you idiot. You should swing from a tree. But he's quick to say this. I'm not threatening it, but would love to see it. Yeah, you are threatening it. Don't that that passive aggressiveness. Now, there is no information on whether or not this person is being investigated, but he should. He should be. He should be arrested and he should be brought up on charges for threatening a public official. You can't you can't make that statement. You should swing from a tree. And then just because you say, oh, well, I'm not threatening it. But somebody else might do it. I'm just saying. No, you can't do that. But these people are losing their minds over these masks. It don't make any sense to me, man. It just doesn't. Dude. It's for the benefit of your your loved ones, not just you, your friends. What they're finding out now is 
those, see, they really don't know about this virus. It's trial and error. Now, all of a sudden, guess who's getting infected? Ages 20 through 40. Initially, they said, oh, you know, uh, young people would be immune. No, they're not. I watched a doctor this weekend who said it was, it's horrific to see these young people coming into his ER and dying at 20, 25 years old because they did not respect COVID-19. Young people have high blood pressure. Young people have sugar. Young people have heart disease. Many of the ailments that elderly have Young people have them as well. Who's to say you can't die from those? And, pretty, and, and it's pretty clear you are. Now, here's the problem. Is that even if you don't die and you're asymptomatic, you can take it home to your mama, your daddy, your aunt. You understand what I'm saying? So why y'all tripping on these masks? You can't go in a grocery store with no shirt. You can't go in there barefoot. You, you have to wear a seat belt. When you get on a plane, you have to take off your shoes. I don't see you raising, raising hell about removing your shoes when you got to get on a plane. That's for the safety of everybody. And if, and if there isn't another analogy, that's got to be one. Is that we take off our shoes to get on planes because it is for the safety of everyone, right? They, the country spends millions of dollars every year making sure that no one smuggles a, a bomb onto a plane in their shoes. Hell, yeah, it's an inconvenience, especially if you're late for your flight. And especially if you got them... You know, them new shoes that you just bought that were hard to get on and lace up. <laughs> I've done that. I've learned, I've flown so much now that I've learned to wear shoes that I can just slip off and slip on. So I don't have to worry about that. But my point being, folks, is that we do all kinds of things in America for the safety of others. You buy liability insurance. You have to. That's not for you. That's for the other people. So why y'all tripping on these masks? And it seems to be, I hate to say this, but just white people. White people at city council meetings screaming about how their civil rights are being violated. And I'm sitting there like a black, with a, you know, as a black guy saying, you don't know what the hell violating of civil rights are. You don't know what that is. Go sit your ass down somewhere. Man, it's just crazy. So the Kansas City mayor has been threatened. Hope, hope he hangs from a tree. Hope he said, swing from a tree. Yep, you should swing from a tree because he wants you to wear a mask. Wow. Maybe our country isn't as great as we thought it was. Also, the entire, looks like the entire SWAT team in Florida 
in a Florida city resigns after police chief kneels with protesters. I'm not going to read the article, but don't let the doorknob hit you where the dog should have bit you. And those guys should not be able to get a job anywhere else. Okay? Those people should not get another job anywhere else. They don't deserve another job. They're upset because we don't want you killing black people no more. We don't want you choking black people out anymore. Y'all are upset about that. And if that upsets you, that we want accountability from people whom we pay our taxes to, if that upsets you, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just go home? We don't want to, We don't need you anymore. You're living in a different world, a different time period. Police are gonna have to change, or you have one of the black B, uh, Black Lives Matters uh, BLM leaders talking about developing a highly trained military armed for a war on police. We don't want that. We've proven this week alone that we can shut down this country with our dollars. I talked about that a lot yesterday. All we got to do is put eyes on our dollars. I heard Facebook, their their, uh, worth is down $60 billion simply because major corporations said, we're not going to spend money with y'all anymore until you change how you allow people to post until you block some of those white supremacists. I bet Facebook changes now. I bet Twitter changes now. YouTube, Reddit, all of them. We don't need violence. We need to be violent with our dollars. That's how we solve this problem. All right, so let me talk about this a little bit, and let's see. We'll talk about the Hampton employee. I watched the video of that. I, I don't want to talk about that this hour. I'll save that for next hour when I talk about what happened in Aurora, Colorado. Man, that's crazy. We'll talk about that in a moment because this thing with Elijah McClain, if you have not seen that video, Oh, it's ghastly. It's ghastly. All right, so here's what I want to talk about. I spent a lot of time on this yesterday. And I want to do it again today because I want to stress upon people who are listening to the show today, no matter where you are, I want you to understand how important this election is coming up. And it's not just to get rid of the president of the United States. But we need to get rid of all of the Republicans. As many as we can. Ashburn, Virginia, I see you. Dallas, Texas, I see you. Little Rock, I see you checking in. Memphis, 
I see you. Conway, checking in. Appreciate all of y'all listening. Germany, checking in. Appreciate everybody listening. So here's, here's the deal. I was pretty animated yesterday, and some of you all say, well, Dave, you're pretty animated every day. Yeah, I am sometimes. Because I love what I do, and I'm passionate about what I do, and I love my people. And I was upset yesterday when the news broke over the weekend that the President of the United States had allowed the Russian government to put bounties on the heads of U.S. citizens, U.S. enlisted personnel, people that are underground fighting, in some cases for an unjust war, but fighting none the same under the flag of the United States. See, that's where we ought to be patriotic. That's where those who want to wrap themselves in the flag against Colin Kaepernick ought to be patriotic. It's the same president who issued an executive order a couple of days ago to protect Confederate traitors. Isn't that ironic? You issue an executive order to to protect Confederate traitors, and next hour I'm going to play this audio piece from this attorney from the ACLU who broke it down. There is a curious point two times in American history that these statues begin to pop up. Do you know? You're going to be educated in next hour about this. I didn't see this until two days ago when I watched this video. So we have a president who is embracing a treasonous state Traitors who sought to overthrow America so they could continue to enslave human people, so they could continue to rape, pillage, castrate, burn at the stake, you name it. Anything that was done to, could be done to a person, it was done to black people in slavery. That's why I love what the Whitney Plantation said uh, in their piece about weddings and why they don't have weddings at the Whitney Plantation. This is not a place of fun. This is a place of reflection, of remorse, of reverence, where 350 black people died. No, we're not having weddings on our plantation. Loved it. But we have a president, as I said yesterday in signing off, we all should be concerned that we have a president that not only embraces white supremacy, it's pretty clear that he's part of their movement. When you, when you tweet a video of a man in a golf cart saying white power, and here's what kills me. You, can all, you always know when this guy is lying, he'll say this. Well, I didn't listen to the audio. You're a damn lie, dude. You knew exactly what that guy said. So what you're saying to us, and see, he assumes 
that we, the American people, are stupid. Well, part of his base is, look, the way they follow him, that 33%, they are stupid. Sorry. Don't get mad at me. I know what you're saying. Oh, Dave, you shouldn't call names. Oh, they're stupid. Come on. What has that man done for you, that 33% base? Not a damn thing. But he plays on your emotions like these statues. That's how he's made his living. He's a snake oil salesman, ladies and gentlemen. He's a snake oil salesman. He's that guy that comes into town with the wagon and all the noise, with the famous elixir that will fix anything you have. And he sells bottle after bottle. And that famous elixir is nothing more than water. Some colored water. He sells you a placebo. So this man has the unmitigated gall to tell her, tell us, the American people, that he's president of the United States and he didn't know that the Russians were trying to put bounties on the heads of American soldiers. His number one job as the president of the United States is what? Do y'all know? Does anyone out there know? The number one job of the president of the United States is to, to protect the American people. And certainly those men who go and sacrifice their lives, their time to protect this nation on the front line. We call them the tip of the spear. That when we run from danger, they run to danger. That marine commercial is so profound. Is that everybody, the, this town is being attacked and everybody's running, but instead of the Marines running away from the plume, the Marines are running into the plume to protect us, to protect you, to protect no, whatever your religious persuasion is, whatever you believe in, they're running to protect you. My son gave up five years of his life to protect you. Yeah, he's going to get some windfall out of it. But his number one job while he is in the military is to protect the American people. That's his number one job. He goes to work every day in that facility Learning to protect the American people. That's job one for my son, Akili Coleman. And he does it damn well, just like all the other men and women in our military. 
They do it damn well. They are the best fighting group in the world. Marines, Air Force, Navy, Army. They are the best. And they deserve the best. That's why it annoys me when they come home, their health care sucks. In my opinion, a soldier should never starve. His family should never starve. What I'm saying to you is that this president literally sold United States soldiers down the river. And now they're playing damage control because here's the thing. If he didn't know about this, see, here's what I learned yesterday in listening to this. You know, people say, well, there's no credible evidence. They're the, you know, intelligence is not like everything is exact. You get a little piece here, you get a little piece there, you get a little piece there, and you put it together. I learned yesterday that when Barack Obama went after Osama bin Laden, did you know that they predicted that there was a 50% chance that that person that they were looking at in the spy satellites was not Barack, I mean, was not Osama bin Laden. A 50% chance. Even with all the intelligence that they had gathered, over the years tracking this guy, there was still a 50% chance that they were wrong. But Obama said, let's do it. So now the Trump administration is trying to pretend like, oh, well, we didn't have enough evidence. It doesn't matter. If there's one scintilla of thought or evidence that someone is targeting American soldiers, then we must act as a country. And that depends on the president. And although there was not 100%, there was evidence. It was evidence enough that you alerted the armed forces in that theater of war. There was evidence that you alerted the allied forces, Great Britain, that there was information leading to the fact that your soldiers might be, might have a bounty on them. So I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, whether you be white, whether you be black, it's time for this Republican Party and this president to go. All across the board, we must vote like we've never voted before. And we, we, sh we cannot just focus on the presidency. We got to focus on the people like Mitch McConnell and all of those yahoos are, who are up for election even from the local level. Right here in Arkansas, we've got Leslie Rutledge, the attorney general, party to, the, to Donald Trump to kill the affordable health care. So that means Arkansas is already one of the poorest states in the country. They want to kill affordable health care, and they don't even have a plan. 
They've had, well, hell, Obama was president for eight years. They've had almost 12 years to come up with some legitimate insurance plan for the American people, they being the Republicans. And in 12 years, they have not put one plan on the table for the American people. We know now that COVID-19 has exposed a lot. And what it has exposed more than anything else is that the health care in America, although great and ballyhooed, is not what you thought. And the Republican Party wants to kill your health care. They don't have a plan. Just like Donald Trump didn't have a plan when he ended up being elected. Neither does this Republican Party. And the fact that they've enabled him to do what he does, that's not leadership. That's tomfoolery. And we have to, every one of us, vote them out. If it's Republican, if it walks like one, talks like one, smells like one, then you got to give them the thumbs down. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to jump on this Confederate monument thing. At least I'm going to let an attorney jump on it. And we'll look at some other headlines as well. Can't wait to find out what they found out in the briefings this morning about our president who loves Confederate monuments. This piece is going to explain to you how these monuments came about, the peculiar nature of how they came about, and what was going on at the time that they were being put up. It's key, and it explains everything why they must go. Back in a moment. Hey, have you heard of COVID-19? Yeah, but I heard black people can't get it, so I'm good. Well, that's absolutely not true, and everyone is at risk of getting and spreading COVID-19. I'm curious, what else have you heard? I'm almost embarrassed to say, but I hear if you spray bleach all over your body, you can kill the viruses that have already entered your body. Wow, that's also not true. Truth is, there's no way to kill the virus because there's currently no cure. What you can do is take preventative measures and wash your hands regularly, practice social distancing, Stay home if you're sick and clean and disinfect frequently touched surfaces. Noted. One more thing. So if I get the flu shot, that won't stop me from getting COVID-19? Correct. Flu shot can protect you from the flu. If you do begin to develop symptoms of COVID-19 like fever, dry cough, shortness of breath, call your doctor and find out if you should get tested. For more ways on how you can protect yourself and your family from COVID-19, visit ARMinorityHealth.com. Arkansas Minority Health Commission. Your health, our priority. Hey fans, are you looking for the best chicken wings in the city? Then look no further than Great American Wings, located at 3230 Colonel Glenn Road in Little Rock. Getting ready for the big game? It's Great American Wings. Getting ready for dinner for the family? It's Great American Wings. Lunch, dinner, or snacks? It's Great American Wings. No matter the size of your group or the flavor of your wings, Great American Wings got you covered. Call today at 501-406-7134 to place your order. Are you on a tight schedule and don't have time to stop by Great American Wings? 
wings. Don't fret. Call us up and we'll deliver your favorite flavors right to your front door. That's why we're called Great American Wings because we aim to please. Don't miss out on the best wings in the city. It's Great American Wings located at 3230 Cuddle Glen Road right here in Little Rock. Open daily from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Great American Wings is guaranteed to offer you something that'll tickle your taste buds. You've tried the rest. Now try the best. It's Great American Wings. The Septima Clark Community Power Institute is an annual summer program that provides young people between the ages of 13 and 19 years old the opportunity to participate in and lead workshops, critical discussions, community outreach, research activities, and much more. Septima Poinsett Clark left a rich legacy. She is considered a pioneer in grassroots citizenship engagement and was even referred to as the mother of the movement. In fact, Septima Clark mentored Rosa Parks months before the Montgomery bus boycott. She also helped create the citizenship schools all over the South. The SCCPI combines education and hands-on real-world application to develop leadership skills and civic engagement in young people while tracking current and relevant issues. For more information, visit www.projectsouth.org. You got it. England and East Little Rock's answer to your aggravation. The Joy Network. Now, 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 Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the show, David Coleman. Robert Webb is out today. We're dropping big knowledge today, as we do every day. It's Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. This is the second hour. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us. If you want to join the show, we got a great second hour coming up for you. I did find out the name of that attorney. I'll get to that here in a moment. We're also on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, Facebook. And don't forget, you can download the podcast if you miss any part of the show. Just go out to your favorite platform and and search for Black Focus Radio. We're out there. We're like on 10 different platforms right now. We doing it. Yeah, we doing it. Okay. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, this hour. I'm still boiling about this thing with with the president and these troops. I, I am. I'm still boiling about this. Mm. I'm going to tell you. So <clears throat> this hour, I'm going to play <clears throat> you a video. I, I, I actually, I just reposted the entire video. And the video is an hour and a half long. And it's done by Jeffrey Robinson, a native of Memphis. And I'm going to play you seven minutes of it. The name of the video is called When Heritage Equals Hate. The truth about the Confederacy 
in America. But if it's an hour, no, actually it's an hour and 40 minutes long. Now, if it's an hour and 40 minutes and he debunks it just in the seven minutes that I've seen, man, I can't wait to watch the rest of it. I just can't. Because we have a president who is uplifting traitors, people who wanted to overthrow this country. We have a president who doesn't give a damn about this history. He just simply wants to show off for his favorite racist white people. And that's sad. It saddens me. So let's go ahead and listen to Jeffrey Robinson. This will be about seven, seven and a half minutes. Oh, you're going to love this. Trust me, you will love this. America is a great country. And America is a country that was founded on the premise of white supremacy and white superiority. I know you have heard in this entire debate, well, there's a difference between heritage and hate, and there's a difference between Southern culture and slavery, and the monuments are celebrating heritage, they're celebrating culture, they're celebrating Southern pride. And people have understood these code words for a long time. So, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. And what greets me as a citizen of Tennessee when I go to my state capital in Nashville where my grandparents lived? Nathan Bedford Forrest. Well, he made a fortune in Memphis as a slave trader. And he was the original Grand Wizard of the KKK. He led a Confederate massacre of black soldiers and white soldiers, American soldiers, during the Civil War. And this monument wasn't put up in 1865 or 1866 with people saying he's such a hero, we have to recognize him. This monument was built in 1970, two years after Martin Luther King was shot in the neck just down the road from Nashville, Tennessee. And we'll come to that timing as we go through this because the timing of these monuments, I think, suggests something that's very important in terms of understanding what they're about. When were these monuments built? There were two spikes between the end of the 1800s and about 1921. What else was going on at the exact same time in America? The fact that this was normal, the fact that this was behavior that didn't really shock anybody tells you something about how deeply white supremacy has been ingrained into American culture. 1921, the black community in Tulsa. I want to pause it for a moment because I want to read to you. You, you don't have what's on my screen, but I want to read to you. As he, as he asked the question, what was going on at the time that these monuments were put up? 
See, that's key to understanding their intent. It's important. So there were two spikes, as he said, okay, at the end of the 1800s and about 1921. What was going on at the exact same time in America? Well, it was the black codes. You had, in 1900, race riots in New Orleans and New York City. In 1901, you had 105 blacks lynched. In 1902, you had 85 blacks lynched. In 1903, 84 blacks lynched. 1905, 57 blacks lynched. 1906, 62 blacks lynched. 1908, 89 blacks lynched. And 1910, 67 blacks lynched. And then there was Tulsa. Let's continue. The fact that this was normal, the fact that this was behavior that didn't really shock anybody tells you something about how deeply white supremacy has been ingrained into American culture. 1921, the black community in Tulsa, Oklahoma was one of the most prosperous communities in America and the whites there decided they weren't gonna have it. So they simply burned it to the ground. Almost 300 people killed. That's what was going on at the exact same time was this explosion of Confederate monuments, an explosion of thanks and praise for people who had done nothing other than fight to maintain white supremacy and slavery. When you think about when these monuments were built and what else was going on in America, it tells you something about the motivation. So how about that second, 1947 to 1968? Now, the second wave that he talked about. <clears throat> here, here is, and although he didn't read this, but here is Theodore G. Bilbo, the United States Senator from Mississippi. 1934 to 1947. Here's what he says. I call on every red-blooded white man to use any means to keep the niggers away from the polls. If you don't understand what that means, you are just plain dumb. You and I know what's the best, the best way to keep the niggers from voting. You do it the night before the election. I continue. One thing that people forget about our history is that Reconstruction after the Civil War was actually working. There were over 2,000 black elected officials in America 
businesses that blacks were starting were starting to take hold. And in 1877, I think it was Grover, it may, I can't remember the president, but he got elected and basically said, I'm withdrawing the troops. In 1876, there were 125,000 black registered voters in Louisiana. In 1878, that number dropped to 5,000. And if you're wondering about the flag, it had essentially been dead and buried until 1948 when Strom Thurmond brought it back with the Dixiecrat Party. And once again, they are telling us as clearly as they can what they are about and why they're waving that flag. The party's purpose was clear. We stand for segregation of the races. This is from the editor of the Augusta, Georgia Courier in 1951. It reads, the Confederate flag is coming to mean something to everybody now. It means the Southern cause. It means the heartthrobs of the people of the South. It is becoming to be the symbol of the white race and the cause of the white people. The Confederate flag means segregation. Folks, they are saying it as plainly as they can and yet we are still having a debate in this country about what this stuff means. I am going through this to try and show you the events that were happening at the same time that this second explosion of monuments in the South to Confederate heroes was being built. And then this happened in 63. Segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever, and just a few weeks later, the Confederate flag was flying over the University of Alabama. And in September of 1963, these four girls got blown up in this church. This was the young girl that survived. These are the faces of people watching the bodies being taken out of the church. This is what was happening as the second explosion of Confederate monuments was happening in America. So some of these statues are coming down. They're being removed in the dark of night because the city officials don't want to remove them in the day because there might be disputes, there might be violence, there might be fighting. My only point is this. There is a movement in America that has not been in existence in my lifetime. I was 11 years old in Memphis when King was shot and killed. And I was young, but I was old enough to know enough. And what I'm telling you is the discussions about racial equality that were going on then are nowhere near as deep, as intense, and as revealing as the discussions that are going on today. As scared as I feel and as frustrated as I feel with what's going on in this country, there is a part of me that says we are on the cusp of something. This is a freaking tipping point, and it is going to go. That's Jeffrey Robinson, just a portion of that piece, and I posted the entire 
presentation on my wall. You got to go out and look at it. But let me encapsulate quickly because I've been saying it for years because I've studied the history that that flag only meant one thing and that was death and destruction to the black man. Had nothing to do with heritage. It wasn't, that flag didn't exist in 1823 in the South. It didn't exist in 1843 in the South. Those monuments weren't even around during that time period. Those monuments and their peculiarities began to appear when black people started asking and demanding their liberation. That's key. That's key. Because you tell me it's heritage. See, if I tell you my heritage is ancient Africa, there is evidence to, pr to, to, to prove that. If I say my heritage is from Africa, the, 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 the extrinsic evidence is what I look like, this melanin. But the intrinsic evidence is all of the people that are on those hieroglyphics, all of those people that were in Mexico that were with those Olmec heads that were carved that looked like me, that's the intrinsic. That's my heritage. So if you tell me that that flag is about your heritage, shouldn't that flag be, be throughout your history? But it isn't. Shouldn't those monuments have been built in South Carolina in 1820? In Virginia, when the first slaves came over here in 1619, where are those monuments? They're not there. They only began to pop up when black people started getting their independence. He talks about the two spikes of when they really began to take off. The first one was right after the Civil War. And Something he said that, again, I had not heard any historian say is that Reconstruction was actually working. It would have worked had it not been for the people in the KKK and those racist sympathizers who sought to destroy this country. It was working. But someone said, hey, let's go after the blacks. So from 1900 to about 1920, monuments started popping up everywhere. That's when blacks were first released. That's when the Freedman, Freedman's Bank was, was, was raided by white racists. That money was for slaves. And then you had the Red Summer were all across this country, all across the South. You had black people being killed and murdered and their business being burned to the ground. I'm sitting here now looking at a map of black massacres. Rosewood, 18, 1923, Okoye, 
1920. Thibodeau, 1887. St. Bernard Parish, 1868. Colfax, 1873. Slocum, 1910. Clinton, 1875. Vicksburg, 1878. Memphis, 1866. Atlanta, 1906. Eufaula, 1874, Camilla, 1868, Elaine, 1919, Tulsa, 1921, Wilmington, 1908, Chicago, 1919, Detroit, 1943, New York, 1863. There is no debate. There is no debate. The debate has been lost by the traitors of America, but for some reason or another, they have, we have allowed this, these embers to grow, and now they are, have turned into a fire. And it is important that we douse those flames. It is important that we finally say, this will not stand. It's more than about a monument. Uh, no, a monument is not going to change the hearts of man. No, it isn't. And I thought long and hard about this because I'm going to be honest. At one point, I'm not, I don't, I was saying I don't even care about those flags. I don't care about those monuments. But I have, I've had a change of heart because as you know more, you do better. And now that we've been able to tie the rise of those monuments to some of the, the worst times in America, sans slavery, because slavery was the worst time in America, but outside of slavery, we now can tie these monuments, this flag, to the worst times in American history. And those, and those times do not say that this is heritage. Those times say this is hate. That's all it is. You can't tell me it's heritage. History tells us that it's not heritage. And if we understand the atrocities that went on during that time, all of the lynchings, the black people being pulled out of their homes like Emmett Till and beaten beyond recognition, 
or I believe it was Mary Baker, who was, along with her friends, who was pregnant, who was hung, the baby cut out of her womb, landing on the on the wood surface of the lynch and people shooting it. And then filling Mary's bodies full of lead. The many people who were set on fire and castrated and all and all of the white men during that time who kept the genitals of black victims in their root cellars to brag about, to drink a shot of beer or whiskey with your friends and brag about how that nigga struggled, how he fought. Yeah. Tell me again about your heritage. Tell me again about how your great-grandfather raped little girls and impregnated them over and over and over again. Tell me again how your great-grandfather raped little boys. Tell me again how your great-grandfather pursued men, human beings, with dogs and pitchforks and fire. Tell me again how your great-grandfather used black babies in Florida for alligator bait. Is that your heritage? Other than that, what can you tell me about your heritage? <laughs> Nothing. Because you know I'm telling the truth. And you know what that flag stands for. You know what those monuments stands for. And that is hate. And they need to come down. My tax dollars should not be supporting those monuments. In fact, no one's tax dollars. I don't know of any country in the world who has defeated an aggressor and then they turn around and build monuments of adoration. You see how sick that is? I don't, I don't know any Jewish community that has statues of Hitler or Himmler I don't know if any, I, you could pay me a million dollars if I walked into a Jewish house and they had images of Nazi soldiers on their wall and out of in adoration. Pick anyone. Pick anyone who has went to war with their governor, with their government. If they became victors, I don't know of anyone who has those pictures on their walls. I don't know anyone who is flying those, the flag of the opposition, the flag of traitors. I don't know any other nation. Let's take Ukraine, who got liberated from, 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 from Russia. Ukraine does not fly the Russian flag. Hello? but only in America. 
Only in America do we see that flag because that flag was designed for defiance. That I don't care what y'all say, we still hate black people. And if we had an opportunity, we would send them back to where they were, and that is slaves. Slaves. So don't come to me about your heritage. Don't come to me talking about the glorious South. The South was only glorious because you had free labor. In fact, this country became what it is today because of free slave labor. That's why reparations are in order. The labor of my ancestors made this country what it is today, this superpower. And that's why now you need to break bread. That's why now you need to say, hey, we just don't want to go and wash their feet. We just don't want to go and pray with them. We need to cut these people a check for the pain and misery that our country perpetuated upon a wonderful group of people. Now, I don't say wonderful because I'm black. I say wonderful because if you know black people, man, we some good people. We live beside you all every day. Most people would have wanted revenge. Now, you could call it brainwashing, but a lot of it has to do the nature of black people. Go do some history. Go, go read. You know, the reason Africa was taken over by the Europeans was naivete. You're seeing it happen right now with China. The reason Africa was taken over by the Europeans and they were sold into slavery was because African people are a loving people. Although when the white man showed up, they said, wow, that's a peculiar looking person, human, but he is God's creation all the same. We're going to help him. We're going to feed him. We, we're going to avail our women to him. Although he looks different from us, we will trust him. That's what many of the kings and queens did. It, wasn't, it was too late when they realized that the white men were invaders they weren't there to make friends. They weren't there to, to enjoy the fruits of that country. They were there to rape and pillage. And by the time the kings and queens realized what was going on, it was too late. 
Africa had basically been carved up and destroyed. But through all of that, you even see today that European nations still go to Africa. I got I saw a picture a while back that I'm not a fan of China either way, but it annoyed me and I can see the picture in my head right now and I'm still annoyed. And if I could see that Chinese guy today, I would pound him into the turf. I'd pound him till my knuckles were bloody because there he was on the beach with two young African girls. They couldn't be no more than 14 or 15. And it was pretty clear that he was sexually exploiting them. He had them one on either side with his arm around their shoulders and his hand draped down and he was grasping one breast on one girl and a breast on the other girl. And it made me angry. Because all China is doing is going to Africa and exploiting Africa again. I told you a story a while back about the city of Nigeria had to close some of the restaurants that Chinese were opening. Now you live in Nigeria, you've moved to Nigeria, and you are not allowing black people to eat at your restaurants. Huh? What? Africa, unfortunately, has always had an open door policy to the world to its detriment. Africa is the only continent that every mineral that was ever created by the creator is in that continent. I read a story the other day where a black farmer found the largest piece of tanzanite in Tanzania. He found two pieces. In Tanzania, they let locals do the mining. And he was digging, and he happens to find that piece. In fact, he found two. He's a millionaire now. And you know what he said? This is the African spirit. He said, they said, well, what are you going to do with the money? The first thing he said was, I want to build a school. See, that's that African spirit. That's that African love for his fellow man and, and, and woman to, if I got something, it's yours. That attitude doomed the country in the early 1700s as the slave trade raged. So I say all that to say this. From this point on, if you're black 
and you're listening to this show today, when someone says to you that that flag is about heritage, don't be ashamed to call them a lie. Don't even argue with them. Just say, you a liar. No, it doesn't. And walk away. That would be the best thing. Because that flag is about hate. And its birth. And those statues have shown us that it's about hate. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about black people are still being accosted in public because they're black. Back in a moment. fans, are you looking for the best chicken wings in the city? Then look no further than Great American Wings, located at 3230 Colonel Glen Road in Little Rock. Getting ready for the big game? It's Great American Wings. Getting ready for dinner for the family? It's Great American Wings. Lunch, dinner, or snacks? It's Great American Wings. No matter the size of your group or the flavor of your wings, Great American Wings got you covered. Call today at 501-406-7134 to place your order. Are you on a tight schedule and don't have time to stop by Great American Wings? Don't fret. Call us up and we'll deliver your favorite flavors right to your front door. That's why we are called Great American Wings because we aim to please. Don't miss out on the best wings in the city. It's Great American Wings located at 3230 Colonel Glen Road right here in Little Rock. Open daily from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Great American Wings is guaranteed to offer you something that'll tickle your taste buds. You've tried the rest. Now try the best. It's Great American Wings. Hand sanitizer, black nitrile gloves, KN95 masks, face shields. You've asked for them, we've got them. That's Habibi's 6642992. Or go to our website, gohhm.com or habibismedical.com. Again, if you need face masks, protective face shields, digital forehead thermometers, nitrile gloves, we've got them. It's Habibi's, Habibi's, Habibi's. BB's 4317 East Broadway, North Little Rock. Give us a call. And did I mention we specialize in incontinence supplies, diapers, pull-ups, underpad, catheters, you name it, we've got it. It's Habibis, Habibis, Habibis. We've got the green top at your very next stop. Tissue paper mask and bandanas just won't hold up against the coronavirus. For those emergency situations, be prepared. Throughout our history, there have always been efforts to stop our people from voting. That's because we've always used voting as one tool in the toolbox to make change in this country. That's just one reason why we urge you to complete the 2020 census. The census determines billions in federal funding for our roads, social assistance programs, public transit, schools, and much more. 
And also remember to register and vote in your local elections in the national election on November 3rd. Register, vote, stay involved. Hello, my name is David Ashley, and I am the host for Real Talk, Real Money. We do this every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. We hope that you'll join us. Yeah, I want to talk to you about your children, how they can get free money for their education. I want to talk to you about you, how you can start over in your financial health. We want to talk it out. Let's try to figure it out. Real Talk, Real Money. Real Talk, Real Money, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Join that radio. Be there. Join us. All right, welcome back to the show. David W. Coleman here for Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you'd like to join the show before it's over today. One other quick note. I talked a little bit about Aurora, Colorado. We'll talk about the Hampton Inn here in just a moment. But this is something that needs to be discussed quickly. Apparently, people in Aurora, Colorado, if you have not heard the horrific story of Elijah McClain, who suffered a heart attack as a result of a police encounter in 2019, we're just now hearing about it now that many people are digging up these old cases of horrific police brutality. Here's a young man who was walking home listening to his earphones and was accosted by the police. He ends up getting beaten, held down, choked, shot up with ketamine, where he died of a heart attack. I posted the video online the other day. It's hard to listen to. It's hard to watch. These officers are still on the job. Something's wrong with policing here, folks. This kid was just walking home, minding his own business. Now, these are, this is the same police department, if I remember correctly, where the guy who shot up the movie theater He didn't get beat up. He didn't get injected with ketamine. But poor Elijah McClain was only 140 pounds. He was beaten, restrained, and shot up with ketamine for doing nothing except walking home. So this past weekend, there was a memorial in the park. And here's what Elijah liked to do in his spare time. He would go to the local place where they keep pets, stray dogs and cats. The local pound, as they call it, the dog pound. And he would bring his violin and he would play his violin. And he said the reason he did that 
is because he didn't want the pets, the animals, to be depressed. He didn't want them to feel stress. So he felt like playing the violin for those animals would help relieve stress. And he was walking home after leaving a store and accosted for no reason except the fact that he had a mask on and he was beaten, he was restrained, and he was injected with ketamine where he had a heart attack. And no one has went to jail. So these kids were playing the violin. There, there were multiple kids playing the violin in the park. And the police decided to break up the protest with tear gas and billy clubs, all in their riot gear. Unbelievable. If you don't think there's a problem with policing in this country, then you are asleep at the wheel. Because number one, what you did to Elijah McClain should not have happened. See, I disagree with my co-host. He thinks, oh, you got to stop the police union. No, you have to stop qualified immunity. Because this allows police to violate your civil rights and they do not suffer any consequences whatsoever. You see, the first time one of these cops really go to jail Multiple cops go to jail. This stuff was stopped like that. But as long as they know that they can beat the hell out you, as long as they know that they can kill you, they're going to continue to do this. That's why all of them are quitting. Those bad eggs are quitting because they want to be able to come to work and beat the hell out of black people, minorities, poor people. and not suffer any consequences. There's a story that I posted on my wall. This is a white kid who was simply walking home. Three men surrounded him, jumped him, began to pummel him. Come to find out that those three men were police officers. Go out and listen to the video. They were police officers. They had a mistaken identity the person that they were looking for, they assumed that it was this gentleman and they beat him to a pulp, arrested him, and then tried to charge him with the charges that they had for the real suspect. This case is slowly making its way to the United States Supreme Court. And I say that because this is a white guy who got the hell beat out of him mistaken identity you see at the end of the day unfortunately black people get the brunt of this but white people get it too that's why white people are joining in this march 
this movement. Speaking of which, Hampton Inn, I watched this video the other day. Hampton Inn, uh, uh, employee fired for calling cops on black guests at pool. Hilton apologizes. Now, if you have not seen this video, go out and look at it. Here's a lady who had paid good money to stay at this Hampton Inn. I've stayed at Hampton Inn in my travels as well. They're pretty decent hotels. She was there with two children in Wilmington, Williamston, North Carolina, I should say. And one of the employees came out and began to ask her if she belonged there. And there's a Facebook bit video of it, and it's live. And she goes, the white lady continually harasses this person, and she goes on to say, uh, she said to the lady, oh, when the lady was at, there were two white people sitting at the pool as well, and she didn't ask the white people for their IDs. She only asked the black woman and her two children. She said to the lady, oh, because it's always people like you using the pool unauthorized. Hmm. So the young lady videotaped the entire encounter. The lady calls the police. The employee calls the police. The police show up and they assume, they assume that Miss Williams Wright was the problem. And Miss Williams Wright had her hotel key. She said, I have a room here, I belong here. They asked her for her name, she refused to give her name. Good for her, I know my rights, I don't have to give you my name, I have not committed any crime, yada, yada, yada. So to show you how racist the police were, they went out to her car and ran her license plates. Wow. They just assumed that the hotel employee was right. There was a black woman in our pool with two little knucklehead kids that don't belong there, and we need you to arrest her or get her out. Now, here these kids are. She's in her bathing suit, kids in their bathing suit. So what they do, walk across the street and just jump, climb the fence? But even the police and how they handled the situation was simply pathetic. It made me want to jump into that live. But fortunately, the hotel employee has been fired. And of course, they always issue the generic apology. Hampton by Hilton has zero tolerance for racism and discrimination of any kind. On Saturday, we were alerted to an online video of a guest 
incident at one of our franchise hotels. The team member is no longer employed at the hotel. Now, if I'm her, I don't take um, a year's worth of hotel stays. That doesn't cost them anything. They need to break bread. See, when a company gives you a credit, that doesn't cost them anything. What ends up happening is that they write that off as a loss or a promotion, and they get that back on their taxes. So let's say they give her a year's worth of stays at any facility around the world. That's not costing them anything. Most of the time, hotels are empty anyway. So I wouldn't want a year stay at a hotel. I want money. So I hope Miss Anita Williams Wright sues the hell out of Hilton. Because there's something going on with, and it seems to be white women. There's something going on with white women who are accosting black people and demanding their papers. Did y'all get that? Innocent black people doing innocent things like sitting in the park or walking down the street or moving into a new house. White women are accosting black people and demanding their papers. And if you don't understand the significance of papers, then you surely don't know your history. Because if you were black prior to the current time, if you were caught and didn't have papers signed by a white man, saying you have the right to be walking down that road because you were going to do something for that white man. Oftentimes you were beaten and killed. If you were a woman, you were raped. So what is going on with these white women who are asking for papers? And last but not least, I want to talk about Van Jones. If you didn't know it, Van Jones was behind helping Donald Trump write his police reform bill. Yeah, that Van Jones. And here's the bad thing about it. He was on CNN. Let me just read. According to a new report, CNN analyst Van Jones was instrumental in helping to craft the order which was characterized by Democrats as weak and a photo op. The NAACP Legal Defense Fund said that the order must not be a distraction on the path toward achieving veritable and lasting change. Van Jones didn't tell anybody. He was actually interviewed by Anderson Cooper and on Inside Politics, and he praised the order, 
talking about how great it was. Here's, here's what Van Jones said. The executive order is a good thing. No, it wasn't, mainly because you saw the support of law enforcement there. There is movement in the direction of a database for bad cops. We have never had a federal database for bad cops. That's why all these cops go all over the place doing bad stuff. The chokeholds, that's common ground now between Nancy Pelosi and Trump. Good stuff there. Now, here's the funny thing about it. Van Jones didn't tell, when he was making those comments, he did not tell the moderator that he was behind helping to craft that piece of executive order. Van Jones is a snake. He's a snake. And by the way, if you didn't know it, Van Jones is represented by Jay-Z's Rock Nation. Hmm. Van Jones is a snake. Don't trust him. He has no credibility. In fact, I saw a picture of him cheesing with Candace Owens last week. Let me say it again. Van Jones is a snake. Don't trust him. I've got to get out of here. Boy, time really flew today. I hope you learned something today. I hope you go out and check out Jeffrey Robinson. He's the real deal Holyfield. So let me uh, let me find a quote before I get out of here. Of course, the great John Henry Clark is one of my favorites. This is on being powerful. Powerful people cannot afford to educate the people that they oppress. Because once you truly, once you are truly educated, you will not ask for power. You'll take it. Yeah. Have a great day. You've been listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on joinetradio.com.